0: Welcome to the Collender Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Collender, MD. Dr. Collender is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Collender Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're going to be talking to Dr. Collender about his unique personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Collender will talk to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack, and stroke, stay tuned, we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to call Dr. Collender directly at 866 collander Again, that number is 866 collander Dr. Collender, welcome. Your shows are always very informative. I understand you're going to give us a patient testimonial to start today's show.
1: Yeah, Marie. So we have a new person to the practice. Well, not that new, but somebody who has a history. They've had a couple CIMTs that have had a couple... Um, lab panels that measure inflammatory markers and lipids. And this is a person who really does not want to take medicines, like prescription drugs. And it's a she. So she works really hard, exercises all the time, super thin, you know, um, eats really healthy, no sugar, no desserts, um, doesn't drink alcohol, doesn't and she's have an any, existing
0: patient, right? Yeah,
1: no bad behaviors at all.
0: And she's had several CIMTs.
1: Right. And granted, the CIMTs have gotten a little bit better, except intermittently the inflammatory markers have been up. And, you know, so this, it's, you know, I think that, you know, what I want to express today is that it's important to follow the progress. You just cannot make assumptions. And we say that all the time. You can't make assumptions about your health. Based on your behavior, because there are patients who have bad behaviors that don't really do a great job on optimizing the lifestyle, who have no plaque. And then there's the people who eat really healthy, work out all the time, and despite their best efforts, continue to have plaque. And it's very frustrating
0: to them. It's frustrating to everybody because obviously there's no real uh, measure of what you have to do to get plaque or you know how to get rid of it but we don't know how we get it in the first place and why there are people that eat poorly and don't exercise and have no plaque and then other people that try as as well as and as heartfully as your patient does and still has plaque
1: well the most important thing to express is still you've got to check the correct data points and follow people over time so I'm pretty flexible you know there's it's not a hard and set rule of what we have to do um i talk to people and you know hear what they want to do um you know unless you're in a critical situation i'll say sure we can do it your way and see what happens but we got to repeat the testing follow our laboratory markers follow the cimt measurements and see if what you want to do is working and that's really the great part of having the right kind of data to follow is if the person isn't working and it's not what they want to do isn't helping and their incoming risk is low, we have the ability to watch and learn. And then if it's not going the right way, okay, let's do the more traditional route, which is using pharmaceuticals to treat the drivers of vascular inflammation.
0: So we're talking about a patient who has been your patient for some time, has had several CIMTs, and her main objective is to stay healthy, stay well, and she is being diagnosed with inflammation and something is not working and she does not want to take medication. What is, what's your next step with her?
1: Well, you know, even though it's a simple answer, um, she finally agreed to take a statin. Um, and a lot of people don't want to take statins which i understand why they don't and it's because why don't because they? why don't they there's a lot of negative um criticism about statins online so if you decide to google statins and you would see a lot of negativity about side effects and complications um a lot of you know we're all at least on this show very skeptical of pharmaceutical companies and There's a reason for that. It's because in our healthcare system, statins are prescribed inappropriately. Um, And we've talked about this a lot of times that there's a formula that the American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology has put forward to determine who should get a statin based on LDL levels. And based on that formula, that is the prevention program. Um, You know, in my practice, if you have plaque, I would encourage people to take a statin until we can confirm that we're healing their plaque and we've identified all of their drivers of disease and address them and healed them and then down the road reduce or remove the statin if we can
0: you know it's a big problem that people are resorting to Google and it's like the Google highway is not necessarily the best highway to take
1: no it's never good to get information off the internet because you know those are not doctor recommendations and but the skepticism on statins is well earned and that's because they're being prescribed for the wrong reason they're being prescribed based on a formula using data that has no outcome that doesn't reflect risk so even though there's a lot of negativity about statins it's actually well earned And so I understand why people don't want to take statins because the way it's been prescribed for all these years is wrong. So now that we have got a way to follow people and address them, identify their disease, we know who to start treating and to what intensity, what level of statin intensity we
0: should be using. So let's come back and talk about this some more on the other side of the break because there's a lot of people listening that are on statins and they surely want to know if they're doing the right thing. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you are interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board-certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk to us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, you've been talking about a patient who is under your care, and as I'm listening to you and I know about the listeners that are listening to the show right now, a lot of people are on stands, and they're going to be thinking, should I be on them? They rely too much on information on Google, and what I'm thinking is more important is, Let's rely on a doctor who's going to shepherd you through whether you ought to be on them or not be on them.
1: Well, Amory, in my practice, the reason to take a statin is if you have plaque, and if you have plaque, you should be on a statin because plaque responds to statins, um, in that the inflammatory process that drives plaque formation is reduced when you take a statin. Statins
0: are anti-inflammatory to plaque formation. let me Let me just stop you there so. I know a lot of people who have had the CT cardiac calcium scoring test that has identified that they've got a certain level of of plaque be it under 100 or between you know 2 and 300 should everybody who takes that test and has that test done if it shows up that they do have plaque should they all be on statins
1: The short answer is yes if the level's over 10 you should over be on a statin Yeah
0: Okay what's happening to all of these patients that are out there that have had the the uh CT cardiac calcium scoring tests that have levels of 100. I know people that have levels over 300, a thousand. They're not on stands. Well, that's a mistake. That, but that's not their mistake. That's that's the medical establishment, the doctor's mistake. Whoever wrote the prescription for the CT scan.
1: Yeah, to to have a level of 100 or higher, and for your doctor not to look at that number and say, "Well, I better put you on a statin." That's pretty difficult to understand on my perspective you know that's that's unconscionable actually
0: well i would think that I mean, it, you know the ct cardiac calcium scoring test has been out for over 20 years you have to have a prescription for it it's a test that you get done at the hospital it gives you a score not all doctors are telling their patients to get the test that's the first problem so i think everybody needs to get the test what do you have to say to that well, basically every
1: doctor in our country is failing their patients because they're following a formula that's been established by the American Heart Association, which fails Americans. The reason there's 600 to 700,000 deaths a year from heart disease, which is preventable, is because they're following a formula that doesn't work. And if you do not have a plaque and you have high cholesterol, guess what? You don't need to be on a cholesterol medicine. You don't need a statin. And if you do have plaque, it does not matter what your cholesterol is, you should be on a statin. So the LDL number has no bearing on identifying risk, yet it's the prominent data point in influencing the result of this formula. And that's a big problem with our country and our healthcare prevention. Um, you know, we're really just screening for people who have disease that needs surgery and now even there's a lot of research promoting medical management is as good as surgery for people with severe disease.
0: Well, let's tell the listeners what medical management is.
1: Well, medical management is, you know, what we do in our practice. You know, it's identifying lifestyle opportunities and identifying all the drivers of chronic illness. And if you address them all appropriately. The, I would say that on a, a basic medical management is as good as surgery for people with severe stenosis who have symptoms like a, a stable angina. What
0: is severe stenosis? What is that?
1: Well, symptomatic or a stenosis that's maybe 75% or more. But yeah, what does that mean in terms of symptoms? Well, not everybody that has a stenosis is going to have symptoms. So symptoms of heart disease are going to be shortness of breath, chest pain, nausea, cold sweats, um, palpitations or irregular heartbeats. And more importantly, those symptoms are going to occur during exertion. Because if you're exerting yourself, your heart muscle needs more blood flow. And if there is a fixed obstruction to blood flow in one of your coronary arteries, well then the increased demand is not gonna be uh, supplied, being supplying oxygen to that area of your heart and that area of your heart muscle is gonna have a strain causing those symptoms. So if that symptom is, is predictable, then it's called stable angina and In stable angina, medical management is as good as having like a surgery or a stent or a bypass. Why not address
0: medical management and skip the risk of the surgery? So it is possible then for people who have the symptoms and who have some cardiac problems to avoid getting a stent.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, how do they find out about that? They're relying on their primary care physician and they're also relying on, when they're sent to see their cardiologist, the cardiologist is going to tell them what they have to do.
1: Well, there's no way for people to know. There's no way. And, you know, we talk about it all the time on the show, how people come in with vague cardiac symptoms um, or they just aren't sure and they talk to a cardiologist about, hey, I don't know where my heart condition is, and they get a stress test. And stress tests are screening for critical stenosis. If you have subclinical plaque, it doesn't get caught at all. And people die from subclinical plaque. Stenosis, or a critical decreased blood flow from a plaque buildup, doesn't usually kill people because they have those symptoms. And those symptoms drive them to the doctor, and they're easy to find when you go to the doctor because everybody knows how to work up heart disease.
0: So basically what you're saying is the stress test is useless. If you're having symptoms then it's helpful. Well, I guess if it's helpful when symptoms. you're far along the journey of having disease.
1: But what well, if you you're ha- at the
0: beginning of the journey of having disease?
1: Well, that's why we have to screen for plaque. So which everyone is what we needs we do. to screen
0: for plaque. Absolutely. Everyone, absolutely everyone. From what age? 30. So 30 years old, what's the first thing they do? Well, what's we have, the first test they need to get? We get, get a
1: CIMT, carotid intima media thickness test. It measures the artery walls which is where plaque buildup occurs. And whatever level of plaque you have, we begin to address it at that point. I'm not going to tell any of my patients, well, you have a little bit of plaque. Don't worry about it. I'll see you later because like the patient we talked about who has a little bit of plaque and is frustrated that that plaque isn't necessarily getting better despite a perfect lifestyle, you still have to do something. You can't just ignore it. The inflammation markers can be elevated with a little bit of plaque. If the inflammation is high, that plaque's going to rupture. And ruptured plaque promotes a blood clot inside the artery wall. The blood clot is what blocks the artery completely. People die because of that blood clot blocking the flow, and that clot forms in 10 minutes. And you have no idea that that's coming. So most of the people that die of a heart attack, that's our first symptom of heart disease.
0: Unfortunately, um, you know, the the med tech is out there to be able to diagnose all of this. And here we still have 700,000 people, according to the CDC statistics, dying last year from heart attack. It continues on, but we do have the technology to be able to diagnose it, pre-diagnose it, and know from an early stage what your journey needs to be going forward. It's just a matter of, educating the public that they need to start early, they need to get certain diagnostic tests, and they need to find out where they go from there. It's a journey.
1: Well, the important thing to recognize for the listeners is that a dirty word to the insurance company is screening. You know, they don't pay for screening tests, but screening is the beginning of disease identification, which you can address at the earliest possible stage. And that's what's missing in our healthcare system.
0: Okay, let's come back and talk about screening and what the listeners ought to do to be screened for possible cardiac disease. We're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to the Collender Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please call Dr. Collender directly at 866 Colander. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host Anne-Marie Cronin and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also be talking about the simple tests that are available and necessary which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to call Dr. Collender directly at 866 Collender Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Collender, coming back to the fact that we're all at risk, I guess, for advancing in cardiac disease, we're talking about screening, and you mentioned Blood markers. Tell us about what that's all about.
1: Well, the reason I brought this patient up is because even though, again, we're dealing with someone who's a perfect lifestyle who's made an attempt to use supplements to reduce inflammation as opposed to a prescription drug, and the CIMT did get better, but the lab work that I use that measures disease activity was higher. And this is kind of an oxymoron. Why would the CIMT get better? And the inflammatory markers go up. And the inflammatory marker that went up is one that I would consider the more serious one that identifies plaque with a necrotic lipid core. And in medicine, necrosis means dead tissue. So that means within this person's artery wall, there's dead tissue generating this inflammatory response. So the CIMT...
0: How do you get rid of the dead tissue?
1: We would have to work harder at identifying inflammatory drivers and treating them. So my experience in patients that want to use a more holistic approach, unfortunately, has not been that good. Um, I've yet to see a patient who's entirely holistic, you know, who doesn't want to do a cholesterol medicine. You know, they only want to do supplements to reduce inflammation. I hate to say it, as much as it's appealing, I haven't seen it work yet. I've not seen a person have a significant plaque reduction, no inflammatory markers, you know, all's good, and I'm surprised that they did that well without doing, you know, all the things that I like to do. Or or I should say the things that have data, which is why we're doing what we do. Um, Supplements just don't have the data supporting that they prevent the disease that like a statin would do. And again, I'm not, I'm not selling statins. I'm not on the board of Pfizer, you know, like our vaccine salesman. But I'm, you know, we're just following the data in this case. Statins reduce risk of heart disease in people who have plaque.
0: Well, I think coming back to the fact as we talk on many of the shows is that people need to start early and assume nothing. And if they're going to see a doctor where the doctor is using um EKG and a stress test as a measure of whether or not you're at risk for heart disease you've said many times that doesn't work
1: no because it doesn't identify plaque it just tells you that you don't have critical plaque and if you don't have critical plaque doesn't mean you don't have subclinical plaque which is what kills people so and then you need to know what the status is of the plaque that you have is it active or not active so again back to this patient The CIMT, which is looking at the carotid artery, which is in our neck, and the reason we look at that image is because it's close to the skin, it's easy to get to, it's non-invasive. We use an ultrasound machine. It's calibrated to get the numbers that we want to look at. Those numbers are reproducible. They're easy to follow. And if we're lowering your CIMT, we're lowering your risk. And again, this person, you know, it's kind of... Strange combination where their CIMT got better, but one of the inflammatory lab work that catches my eye went up. And that's because the labs are systemic. They're looking at all of your arteries, not just your heart or your neck, your carotids or your brain. Um, It's a systemic blood test. I mean, somewhere in your body, there's inflammation developing in the arteries because plaque is a systemic disease. And that's why a cardiologist or a heart surgeon can't just bypass a half inch stenosed area and send a message to the patient that they're cured. You know, that's one of my first patients who I started with was told by the cardiologist after a, after a bypass that the mission's accomplished.
0: I think probably everybody who's had a bypass surgery thinks the mission's accomplished they've been they've been restored to wholesomeness once again by bypassing that you you know just the sheer word itself sets up an image of we had a blockage they took it out it's gone it's been bypassed it's terrible messaging
1: because it
0: ignores
1: all the things that drive coronary disease oh i fixed this thing surgically you're done but all of the negative processes you know the insulin resistance, the high blood pressure, the sleep apnea, the oral health issues, the genetics, the um, you know the vitamin D levels, the gut health, stress, smoking, other exposures—all of those things that drive systemic coronary disease and vascular disease are ignored when you look at it that way. And uh, again, this is a a statement on how unprepared our healthcare system is for preventing disease and they're not making you know the who's the they the FDA, you know, the the hospitalists, the the whole system is just not built to stop you from having disease. It's there to fix a problem and they're very good at fixing a critical problem. That's what they've been made to do and they are good at it, but there's opportunities for all of you to never get there.
0: I think it's the responsibility of the primary care physician because that's where we all start. We all start with a primary care physician that we rely on to be looking out for our best interest and letting us know about these tests that are available, that are out there, that give you measures, that let you know the the CT cardiac calcium scoring test, the CIMT, the blood tests that you do, they're all out there, they're available. But why are the doctors not recommending and insisting that all of their patients from 20 or 30 years old on at least have some reliable data, some measures?
1: You know, as opposed to a
0: stress test, which doesn't tell us anything.
1: Well, the sad state of affairs is that most doctors are afraid of what? Of change. They're afraid of the unknown. They're afraid to do anything that isn't the status quo. And I actually just coincidentally talked to a doctor today who I've had a few conversations with about moving into a concierge based practice where he could be prevention based. and he basically told me he's risk averse, he's afraid, and it just it's it's a too big of a jump for him to make. and the idea that He would be helping the people that are willing to go with him on this journey better than he is now is not enough for him to go, Oh, I'll just let me go do it because it's what I should do. Why you would say someone should do it, it's their Hippocratic oath, right? To do the best that they can for the patient. And it's a, it's they're just all cowards.
0: I just don't understand why. I mean, patients, after all, are consumers one way or the other. They are paying in this country for their health care, sad as it is. So if they're paying, they're a consumer. And if they're a consumer, they have the right to know what's available and what's out there. No one wants to have cardiac disease. Nobody wants to die of a heart attack. No one wants to have a stroke. But the technology's been out there for 20 years. And no one's, the doctors are not saying, here, here are the tests that are out there that you can get, albeit that you may have to pay for them. The price is not that much. It's uh, like $100 for the CT score, and it's like 250 or something for the CIMT. But all patients are consumers, and therefore, I put it back on the doctors. It's incumbent on them to let patients know what's out there and that they can discover what their profile is. Unfortunately,
1: again, the listening area of the great voice is – You know, as broad as it is and as as it covers three states and Canada, this region is limited by the doctors in it. And this area is just devoid of doctors who are
0: willing to do
1: the right thing for their patients.
0: Unfortunately, let's come back and talk some more about this on the other side of the break. If you have any further questions, you can call Dr. Collander directly at 866 Collander. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is with us talking about his personalized concierge practice and explaining the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also talking about the tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, please only call Dr. Collender directly at 866 Collander, Dr. Collender, let's wrap it up. It's the last segment of the show. You were talking about a patient that was under your care for a number of years. Tell, tell the listeners what they need to know, how it, how it all applies to them.
1: Well, you know, let's give you guys a realistic blueprint of what to do because there just aren't enough doctors practicing prevention in the three states the station covers. So if you have not been told you have plaque, and how do you know you have plaque? Look at your prior imaging, number one.
0: What prior imaging?
1: Have you had an X-ray?
0: What kind of X-ray? Anything.
1: A chest X-ray, it's a The chest X-ray, X-ray is
0: going to show if you have plaque? Yeah okay
1: it'll say that there are vascular calcifications okay so if you have any kind of x-ray cat scan that shows vascular calcifications then you have plaque and if your doctor has not put you on a statin regardless of your cholesterol levels you should demand to be put on a low dose statin and I'm saying low dose because I'm none of your doctors but it's just a start Um, If your lipids are not that great, maybe a higher dose statin. Again, even though lipid levels don't predict risk in any way, um, if your levels are worse, then you should do that. So let's just say you do not have any imaging that identifies plaque, then ask your doctor for a prescription for a CT calcium score. It's not any more than $100. It's quick. It's a 10-minute no-contrast CAT scan. And if the report says that your score is 10 or higher, then tell your doctor I need to be put on a statin, regardless of your cholesterol levels, because your doctor may not be on board. So that's number one. And also number one, A, is you need to improve your lifestyle. You need to exercise more, you need to eat healthier, you need to deal with your stress. Not like Will Smith, deals with his stress by hitting people, you want to deal with your stress in a productive way. So number one is improve your lifestyle. And number two is if you have plaque, um, take a statin, whether your doctor wants to give it to you or not.
0: Okay, but they can't get it unless they have a prescription to get it. So, and I'm kind of shocked about the fact that now the patient, aka the consumer, has to now be their own doctor. They've got to be able to read their own tests, know their own tests, know what their score is, then go back to their doctor and say, "I need a prescription for statin." Yeah, that's what
1: but we're that's telling you to do. But that's the doctor's job. Now, well, we've already discovered, and we know very well that the healthcare system has created um, a bunch of, you know, widget makers, you know, uh, machinists who operate widgets, and all of you listeners are just widgets. And you don't mean anything to anybody, or just someone on the on the factory line running through office visits, and that's it. Having boxes checked.
0: That's so, assuming that you can get an office right, visit. Right. So
1: if you're, you know, this is to all the widgets out there. This is this is the blueprint to at least give you give you a chance, because um, you may not be able to get to me. So identify the disease that we're trying to treat, which is do you or do you not have plaque. Don't let anyone tell you you have a little bit of plaque. Don't worry about it. That means you need to be on a statin. You need to make sure that you're eating and exercising. And you need to make sure that you are taking a blood pressure pill if you have high blood pressure. The best blood pressure pill to take is Ramapril, And the reason is Ramapril has data that it stops strokes. And a stroke is a vascular event similar to a heart attack.
0: That's pretty amazing, yeah. Ramapril, right. interesting.
1: So that's my first-line treatment, and unfortunately it's not the first-line treatment for a lot of doctors because um, you know, th- it does have a side effect of a dry cough in about 30% of the people, but you still got to give it a try. It's better than a stroke. Right. Well, if you've got a cough and it's annoying you, then I'd stop the drug. You really have to. And then there's the next alternative is an angiotensive receptor blockade-type drug. And there's a dozen of them that um, you can choose from. But your doctor ought to know what to do there. Um, The next thing to identify is, do you or do you not have insulin resistance? And so if you have any combination of high triglycerides or a low HDL, then you should consider yourself being insulin resistant. Even if your triglyceride is normal but your LDL is low, you're insulin resistant. And so, you know, I have a very low threshold for diagnosing insulin resistance. We've had a lot of shows about insulin resistance. Um, that is the process of becoming diabetic. Unfortunately, for the 20 years it might become, it might take you to become di- diabetic. Those years you're spent, you're making plaque.
0: But insulin resistance is diagnosable through blood test,
1: yes well this is a blood test so even though i say lipids are useless i don't make a decision on lipids on plaque or statins but i use it to i look at somebody and say how are you metabolizing the food that you're eating and if you're not making quality lipids you're going to have um you're going to make bad lipid products uh, and so it's very possible for people to have a a good ldl level but have rip roaring insulin resistance and that's more dangerous than the ldl so those people are at very high risk of having heart disease so having insulin resistance means you don't metabolize sugar you've got to move more and you've got to stop eating sugar products processed foods things with chemicals and even super sweet fruit um you know, so I think that's the main, those are the, um, just to get started for people, that's the main thing is to take care of yourself, identify the disease, find out if you have plaque. You're not, you're, nothing in the blood work is going to tell you a plaque. You have to see it on an image.
0: Yes, absolutely. Or
1: scored on a calcium score. Yes. And this is all accessible to any of you. But you may have to ask for it. And then you may need to assess it on your own because your doctor may not know what to do with it. So does not matter what your cholesterol levels are, if you have plaque or if you have a vascular calcification, your calcium scores over 10, make sure you get a script for a statin, whether it's, I prefer either Lipitor or Crestor. I prescribe Crestor the most, generic Crestor. It's more potent and it has lower side effects. And my patient that we've been talking about all day reluctantly started taking generic
0: Restor. And she was basically a holistic medicine type person. She really didn't want to be on, on any kind of medication, but she eventually gave in.
1: Well, when we saw that despite her excellent lifestyle and a reduction in the CIMT, there's still elevated, alarmingly elevated inflammation markers with time to bite the bullet. And it was worth a go. To try it, but because I'm following the markers that we're able to identify risk, it's okay to try because we're going to follow it. You cannot make any assumptions about your health based on your lifestyle, or what you perceive as your genetics. You've got to check.
0: So most important is to start off with the imaging tests, which are readily available, but you have to ask your doctor to write the prescription for them. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760, WJR, sponsored by Collander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Collander for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding a heart attack and stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866 K O L E N D E R. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you've become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER. And thank you for listening.
1: Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.